I have so many examples in my life of asking God to help me with something and then forgetting that I have even prayed about it, and all of a sudden, the thing I prayed has appeared. As I have done those things God has led me to do by the thoughts brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit of God, which show me the heart of God. All of it is so effortless. All I do is follow what God shows me by His Spirit. And that is the power that lives in us, which Paul spoke of in Ephesians 3.20, which is the same thing of, my God shall supply all your need. And in Ephesians 3.20, Paul says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. It takes faith. You have to first believe God has instructed you, and you have to second believe that he'll work it out. I will give you some examples of that. In the most recent, which was today, two men came to Pam Paget's house where I live to look at my sound equipment because there was a problem that I was having and I didn't know what to do about it. A few days ago, I mentioned to Pam, she said she told me about these guys, this one guy, and he owns a business. And I said, well, I think I'd like to have him come and look at my sound equipment. In the meantime, I had said to God, I need a sound guy. The things I've found over the past 20 years is a great many people own businesses dealing with sound equipment, but very, very few of them really know how to handle the sound equipment. These two guys came today and Instantly, I was sure they both were competent. I've had people who were not competent in this field. And I just knew. And then I remembered I'd said to God, I need someone to help with my sound equipment. And it was sort of a casual prayer, like you just say off the top of your head, well, I have a need here. And I realized God provided it, and I felt what they did was very reasonable and would end up fixing the problem. And then I realized, it's my God shall supply all your need. It's a part of that. Sometimes God works out a plan for our need long before we need it. And it is truly, exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think. This story started in 
1985, I felt my mother needed help. And I lived in Dallas at the time. She lived in the state of New Mexico in the United States. I could work from any place, any place in the world. I could do what I did, which was writing and recording. So I decided to move to the city where my mother lived. Where would I live? Well, first I thought, well, I could buy a trailer house. We owned a small trailer park that had four units for trailers. I could park on our lot, and it would be where my mother was living. I could easily buy a trailer house, pay cash for it. I went to look at trailer houses in Dallas. I didn't feel right about it. It didn't fit me. It didn't suit me. It didn't feel stable. And I decided that that wasn't God's plan for me. One of the things God leads us by is peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, I believe it is, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. When you don't feel right about something, don't do it. There's another plan. I know this may sound strange, but when my dad died, I forgot about the money that he left to my mother and me. It wasn't a large amount, $50,000. It was in a money market account at the local bank. My mother said, what do you want me to do with the money your dad left us? And I said, I, I really don't care what you do with it. Do whatever you want. My mother, being an extremely conservative person with finances, put the money in a savings account and just left it there. Two years later, that $50,000 was just sitting there. The ministry offerings had money accumulated in the offerings. It turned out that I could take all of my personal money, put it with the ministry money, and build two apartments on this trailer house lot. Have all the trailers moved, of course. But build two apartments about 1,500 square feet. And the builder said, I believe I can do it for 45000 each apartment. And I had the money, the cash. So I told him, build it. He did. I didn't want to move my mother away from that exact location because her cousin lived a block away. She could even walk there. And I didn't want to take her out of the environment. But I really hated living at that location. It was very noisy, and I didn't like it. 
I saw a lot on the golf course in Clovis. I could buy it for, I believe it was $13,700 on the golf course. I felt it would go up in value, and if I couldn't build on it, I could sell it. In five years' time, I had saved enough money to be able to build a house and move my mother into the house with me on the golf course. The contractor was charging $100,000 to build it, but with the two apartments, I knew that I could get the money in cash to pay him and not go in debt. So I started building the house. It was 1990, I believe, when it was finished, and I moved my mother in there. And when my mother died in the year 2002, immediately I put the house up for sale. One of my my relatives said, oh, don't do that because you really shouldn't do anything for at least six months after a death. She was going totally by wisdom of man, rules of man. I had never liked living in Clovis at any point in my life. I wanted to move, and I was really excited to have the opportunity to move because a realtor had told me that they were having a skyrocketing rise in property at that time. So I immediately, as soon as she died, I immediately called a realtor and put the house up for sale. That house sold for $227 thousand dollars more than double what I put in it which was a hundred thousand this is all without planning and without thinking because I wasn't trying to make money certainly or do property it just happened then I had another forty thousand dollars that one of the apartments which did not sell accumulated that in the 10 years on rent. So I had $227,000 and $40,000 cash without trying to get money. I bought a lot in Lubbock, Texas, which cost more than Clovis cost to live. It was 30000 And then I got a contractor to build a house for me in Lubbock, where I would live. I think 16 years I lived there, and then I sold that house, and it sold for over 300000 So I had that cash. I took that cash and put it in the bank in the city where I had moved, which was Colorado Springs, I had arranged to live at Pam Paget's house. She is a member of the Body of Christ. She didn't want me to pay her any money, but I insisted on paying her monthly. First, $500 a month. Then as soon as the house in Lubbock sold, I changed it to $1,000 a month. So she could have that money to do what she wanted to with it 
many times you had to do upkeep projects around property. And she could have that money for me, and I wouldn't have any expense of property except that money that I was giving to Pam each month. Then at one point, I was looking at the upholstery on my 25-year-old car, and I thought, I, I think I'll put new upholstery on the front seat of the car. And instantly I heard, or you could just buy a new car. I thought about it, and I thought, well, I could buy a new car. I've got all that money in the bank just sitting there from the sale of the house in Texas. And then I had a dream that night that I bought a new car. I bought a Buick, and then I thought, ooh, I should have asked my dad which kind of car to buy. Well, I ended up buying an Acura, but it was rough riding. And as we were leaving the lot with the Acura to test drive it, I heard these words, you should drive a Mercedes. I looked up and directly across from the Acura was the Mercedes dealer in Colorado Springs. Well, the Acura turned out to not suit me at all. I no longer drive. Pam did the driving. I was simply a passenger. But it was just too rough for me. I'd had several broken bones in my body. I would see a car coming toward us and think, I wonder what that car rides like. And this went on for three and a half years. I considered what it would be like to sell the Acura. I knew we would take a big loss if we did that. And so I didn't pursue it, except one time we did test drive a couple of cars. But I, I don't know, it just didn't work out. So I kept the Acura from the year... 2020, we bought it in June 2020. By the year 2023, there were many times I just wouldn't go with Pam and ride to the grocery store because I knew the pain from the ride. I would have to endure it when I came home, and I'd rather just stay home. So I got where I wouldn't go out with her as she went to get groceries. I sat in the car as she would shop, usually, but I got where I wouldn't even go. Then I began considering maybe we should sell this Acura. It's a three-and-a-half-year-old car. And try to find a car with air suspension, which the older cars used to have long ago. Lincoln's had them, and... Cadillacs had air suspension. So Pam looked online to see the kind of cars that have air suspension, thinking that maybe we could get that kind of car that I would be able to ride in. One day Pam went out to get in the Acura to go to the store, and she put the two dogs in the Acura, which we always took the dogs with us, 
almost always. And she said as she got in the car, she thought, I don't even like to drive this Acura. And she said to God, what do we do about that? And by that time, I really had thought, maybe this is the time to sell the Acura and try to find a sedan-type car. We had an SUV that I could ride in without pain and get one with air suspension. So I said to Pam one day, is this the day we're going to go drive cars and try to find one? And she said, maybe tomorrow. Well, the next day it did turn out that we went out to really seriously look for a car that I could ride in without pain. We stopped first at the Buick place, and they didn't have any air suspension cars at all. We went to Cadillac. They did, but they weren't very good as far as riding on the streets. It hurt. We went to Lincoln and looked at cars, and then we were going to go to Lexus, which we did, and I ran into the same problem with them. And then we went back to Lexus because they said, you drove the wrong car. They showed you the wrong car, and we drove the car with air suspension. By that time, I believe we'd already driven a Mercedes. And it was just great. The top model Mercedes, like it was the S-Class, we tried a model under that. It had air suspension but didn't ride well. But then they said, you're going to have to have the S-Class. So I got in it for the test drive, and the second I got in that car, I said, now this is a car. I grew up with all those wonderful cars of the 50s and 60s before they got into this gas money thing and catalytic converters and whatever that is to save on emissions. The old cars I remember had real power and they were just wonderful riding. Well, not anymore. We drove Cadillacs, we drove Lincolns. It was the same problem. They weren't any, really any better than our SUV that we had. But the S-Class worked, but was very expensive. Now, I had the money to pay cash for it in the bank account from the sale of the house. But of course, I didn't want to pay the money. <laughs> For the car. But then I decided, well, maybe I should do it. Nothing else was going to work. And then I remembered three and a half years earlier, as we were driving off that Acura lot, the Holy Spirit said to me, you should drive a Mercedes, <laughs> which I didn't do at that time. So we bought that Mercedes. It has been just wonderful every day. Every day, a joy. No pain ever from riding in the car.
What I'm telling you is God is trying to communicate with us <laughs> when we belong to him. We may not get it right at first, but just hold on. He'll probably get us to the place that we're supposed to be. But some people are so afraid of money. And even when they have the money, they don't want to spend the money. Well, I didn't want to spend money either. But I did because I was persuaded by God it was a thing to do. We have a neighbor that could have bought our SUV. She wanted to buy it, but she's just retired from teaching and was afraid. And she let fear lead her, and she kept going back and forth. Should I buy it or should I not buy it? Should I buy it? I mean, we waited maybe as long as two weeks before we let anyone else know the car was for sale. We ended up selling it to the Lincoln dealer for $30,000. The Mercedes dealer had offered us a trade-in of 29000 which we did not think we wanted to do. He would have given us 29000 later, but we got 1000 more from the Lincoln dealer. I'm sure that car was gobbled up fast. It only had 11,000 miles on it. And it's a top-selling car, Acura MDX. And retails, right now it retails between 60 and 70,000. We did not pay that. We paid 47, I think, the year we bought it. But you see, some people are led by money, by money. Not by God or the Holy Spirit. And therefore they miss out on the blessings that God would approve because they're afraid and don't have faith. I'm certainly not urging anyone to live above their means and go in debt, especially at this period of time. But neither am I saying that we have to be grubby and hold on to every penny as tight-fisted collectors. There is a medium somewhere in between it. As long as you pray and you feel that God has approved the project and you have the money, that's all you need. All I need in a project is to be sure that God approves my doing this. And he gave me two scriptures in this situation, which convinced me I had his approval to spend this money, which I had in the bank, on that car. It's been a blessing every day and is Definitely, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask or think. But to enter into the blessings of God, you need to have what you believe is the approval of God. 
to do the thing. Don't go in debt. Ooh, that's a really a thing that you don't want to do that. But most of us really don't want to spend the money even when we have the money. But you're missing out on the blessing that God would approve because of lack of faith and perhaps you haven't sought God thoroughly and haven't heard from God. And you're trying to figure it out with your mind. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I not do this? I was not trying to figure out with my mind what to do. All I needed was to have the approval of God and feel absolutely convinced, persuaded, that God approved my doing this project. That's the only thing that really matters. If God approves it, who can be against it? If God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what others think. So those are the examples that I would share with you today, I believe, by the Spirit of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak this message to you.